Ah, this is the life. A week alone here in Punta Cana with 2,000 crazy 80s fans. Concerts every day. Theme parties every night. And all the food and drinks are free here at the Breathless Resort. This 80s in the Sand week is going to be epic. It sure is, Spearsy. Brad! What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be at 80s in the Sand. I'm co-hosting the trivia with Debbie Foreman because you're off camping with the family. No, you're right. I'm not here. I am camping. You're having a dream, my friend. Do you think anyone would actually believe you're laying out on a beach? Your natural skin color is eggshell white. You're back in your room sleeping off last night's party with Loverboy and Night Ranger. I'm just a figment of your liver and your imagination. Ah, well, that does make sense. It has been a pretty crazy week so far, what with Berlin, the Smithereens, Howard Jones, Tom Bailey, and tons more shows every single day. Not to mention all those tickle parties you're having with Debbie. That really happened? No. Are you joking? That's another dream, I'm afraid. What about hanging out with Anthony Michael Hall, uh, Diane Franklin, uh, Andrew McCarthy? Did those things happen? Actually, that did happen. They're all here at 80s in the Sand, too, along with Nina Blackwood, Alan Hunter, and downtown Julie Brown. I loves me some uh, MTV VJs. And a bunch of Stuck in the 80s fans are here, too, all because they saved a bunch of money with our promo codes. If you use SIT80s1 promo code, you get $150 per person off when you book in a lure room. If you use the promo code SIT80s2 when booking, you save $250 per person when you book an exhale room. Oh, Spearsy, ever the salesman, even in your sleep. So, that time when I tore my clothes off, chased Jesse's girl into the water before throwing up all those Mai Tais and passing out in the kayak? Was that another dream, too? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure, Steve. Sure. Just a dream. Yeah. That's a ticket. Even in my dreams, I know that all you have to do is go to SIT80s.com and all the details are written there. Now, now get some rest, man. We have a show to do. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. Everybody... Have fun tonight. Everybody wang chung tonight. The movies. Yes! 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 Oh! 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 I'll have what she's having. And the parties. No one in my family ever drinks. That's great! You probably never run out of ice your whole life. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And B-Rad. And we're here to finally give you the results of our tournament to decide who was the best movie villain of the 80s. There can be only one. Yes, there can be only one. So let's cut to the chase. Um, As everyone knows, we've been doing this over the last month. It started out as March Madness, and by the time it's over, it's nearly uh, time for uh, Maniacal May. But uh, yeah. Doesn't the the actual tournament trickle into April a it little does. bit too? It does like the first. I mean, the last time we did this, we were finishing up in early May, so we're way ahead of schedule. Yeah, yeah. Kind of running it as a background task is good. How, how this has been working is, um, oh, you know, in early March, we we asked you, the listeners of Stuck in Ease, to go to our website and vote each week. We started out with thirty two movie villains, 
And as you remember, the the rules were you had to be a it had to be an eighties movie. Obviously, it could, you couldn't the character itself. Uh, only one character per movie was eligible, so you can't have John Kreese and Johnny Lawrence from Karate yeah, Kid. Yeah. One uh, role per actor. One role per actor. What else? You couldn't be a cartoon human. Couldn't be the alien monster. You couldn't be the Although, uh, Roy Batty. Not actually human, but close enough. Close enough. I mean, you, you couldn't be a figment of special effects. In other words, right, right. So, yeah. humanoid. Um, Let's go with humanoid. So we had we went down, and the last time we talked about this, we were down to the the fiendish four, right? No, no. We were just getting. We had just finished discussing the uh, the outcome of the. Was, oh, the Sour 16. So we've got three rounds to go through today. The Evil 8, the Fiendish 4, and the final. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We'll tear through these bad boys. That's only that's not that many matchups. Okay, so Brad, tell us, who, who, who prevailed among the Evil 8? Okay, so uh, Evil 8, those are kind of the bracket finals, right? The Rich Bullies bracket, we had Gordon Gecko. um, from Wall Street against Victor Maitland from Beverly Hills Cop. My pick on this was Victor Maitland just because I like the accent. So, of course, what the heck do I know? Absolutely nothing. Not a question of enough, pal. It's a zero-sum game. Somebody wins, somebody loses. Gordon Gecko wins uh, 54% of the vote. So Gordon Gecko is your Rich Bullies bracket champion. The second br- bracket was the William Zabka School Bully bracket. And... Uh, as it turns out, Johnny Lawrence, William Zabka from The Karate Kid, was up against Biff Tannen from Back to the Future. And even though Back to the Future is an 80s movie that's set in the 50s... Now why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Biff Tannen brings it strong and wins uh, with 59% of the vote. Not that close. Hmm. Surprising. Yeah, I was a little surprised there, but I, you know, I, I get it. I mean, this at this point, these brackets are all killer, no filler. You know, it, this is the <laughs> the cream of the crop. So, speaking of killers, uh, sci-fi and fantasy final was Darth Vader against Khan. Khan, <laughs> which is the matchup everybody wanted. Let's face it, Khan, uh, the superior intellect, did not help him out in this one. Apology accepted, Captain Nida. Darth Vader moves into the Fiendish Four with 63% of the vote. Um, and then in the last matchup of the Evil Eight, uh, the positions of power, Richard Vernon from Breakfast Club, Principal Vernon against Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Uh, you know, a dude that walks around the halls with the you know, toilet paper gasket thing hanging out of his pants is not going to win. <laughs> I wanted this to be professional, efficient, adult, cooperative, not a lot to ask. Alas, your Mr. Takagi did not see it that way, so he won't be joining us for the rest of his life. Hans Gruber moves on with a, a landslide, 76% of the vote. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that gives us the last two. The Fiendish, the fiendish Four matchups are uh, Gordon Gecko versus Biff Tannen and Darth Vader versus Hans Gruber. Oh, wow. I, I'm, I'm okay with that as a final four. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's Like I said, it's all good. They're all... They're all you, you can't make it... I guess since they're bad guys, you can't make a good choice here. Uh, yeah. They just- <laughs> yeah that's, I'm having to think too hard about that. So, okay, so we're down to the final four. People had a week to vote on that. Who prevailed? Yep. Okay, so the first semifinal, Gordon Gecko versus Biff Tannen. 
Biff Tannen crushes Gordon Gecko. Well, that's very nice. Thank you very much. 64% of the vote. Wow. Not close at all. Go home, Gordon. Go to jail. <laughs> Go directly to jail. Do not collect $200. And the other semifinal, Darth Vader versus Hans Gruber, this one was close. Two votes decided this one. Two votes? Okay. Two votes. Me, two votes. Seriously. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at it. I, you're right. Two votes. Two votes. Who won? Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Hans Gruber, come on down. Oh! You're the next contestant in the final. Yes! I know. I couldn't believe it. I yes! could not believe it. I would I've have had bet- so much email from people saying, oh, Darth Vader's going to win this, and I hate that. Well, guess what, people? You're wrong. Yes. Making the 80s great again. I know. Exactly. <laughs> So our final matched two number two seeds, uh, Biff Tannen against Hans Gruber. And I think that this one just boils down to like kind of how you see the decade. You know, is it a decade of greed and excess? If you think that, then you're probably voting for Hans Gruber. If it's a decade of Michael J. Fox shenanigans, you're probably voting for Biff Tannen. So who do you think came out on top of that one? Well... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I think Biff Tannen because he comes from the stronger movie. Well, I'm going to give you a hint. The guy who, the guy, they're both guys, the guy who wins, he's earning a substantial percentage on his investments while sitting on the beach. Oh, no. If, if he lives. If he lives. When they touch down, we'll blow the roof. They'll spend a month sifting through the rubble, and by the time they figure out what went wrong, we'll be sitting on a beach earning 20%. <laughs> Hans Gruber wins it with 65% of the vote. <sighs> not close at all. And not what I expected either. I thought, again, I thought the, most pop- the more popular movie would win yeah. that. So, Alan Rickman, uh, we miss you. Still, we miss you. Uh, it was such a great role. What a, I, I, I can't find any fault with that choice. No, no, I can't. It's delicious. It's delicious. It's perfect. You know, it's funny. It's like, you know, you always wish for the... We always talk about on the show how we had a, uh, a hot tub time machine so we could go back in time and fix things. I would like my hot tub time machine today to be used to go back to the beginning of this tournament and find out what the odds are for Hans Gruber winning it all. You know, uh, and put, put down yeah. some money on that. I think he'd have been a, like a, you know, he'd have been a Gonzaga. 10 you know, to 1. Maybe, 10 to maybe one. in Oregon. I mean, he yeah. was number two seed, so it wasn't like he yeah, was... Well, it's not like he's a complete dark horse, but he's got to. He had to get past Darth Vader. Yeah, that's a hard. Part. And that was, you know, that's the one. Like, you know, look, he's going to force choke you. It's all over. Right, right. He has to beat the equivalent of a Kentucky and North Carolina or a Kansas or a Duke. Yeah. You know, to get yeah. in. Exactly. So, wow. Well, that's good. That's great news. So, um, Hans Gruber, you know, rest in peace. We, uh, someone will have to accept this award on your behalf. <laughs> Stop by and pick up your check later. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's been kind of fun. Like I said earlier, it's been kind of fun doing this in the background, uh, not having it be every show for basically six or eight weeks because it just is kind of hard to keep it keep the momentum going. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. It's been fun for us. It's you know maybe a little anticlimactic if you've been voting all along. You know what the matchups have been, but uh, we'll do it again next year. I don't know. Send us your ideas for what we can. Uh, what we can do the next time out. I, I still think the soundtrack one that we did the first year was the, like we took the best option first. That was such a, a great bracket. Yeah. I, I tell you, we've all three years now we've done movie topics. So it probably, oh, be you're good right. Next, next year would be best to move to, to um, either music or television. 
you know. So, so send us send us your best ideas. We will steal them and give you no credit for them. And uh, we'll do it again next March. We will. While we're on the cruise. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that may, we may have to adjust the uh, timing of it a little bit. The I don't know. We'll a bit. Yeah, we can't be doing that. Uh, there's only one thing we have left to do, though, right now. You know what that is, don't you? Oh, yes, my friend. The Seggies. Uh, the mystical refrain that is reader mailbag. Uh, we've got three letters this week, so people were feeling very. Um, what's what I'm looking for? Loquacious. <laughs> yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, the first letter uh, is a short one from Jeremy and St. Pete. Brad, do the honors for us. Why don't you? Jeremy writes, hi, Brad and Steve. I'm a brand new listener. Just discovered you today via Steve's appearance on the season six finale episode of Penn and Teller's Bullshit from 2008. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I've forgotten all about that. Oh, my God. That was so long ago. For those who that don't. That was crazy. Well, go ahead and finish the letter and we'll tell okay. people. And then we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that. Put a pin in that, as they say. Yeah. Jeremy continues, I live in St. Pete, so it caught my attention that Steve, at the time, worked for the St. Pete Times, writing an 80s blog, and had a podcast. A quick Google search later, and I was surprised to see both were still going. So, episode 397, the show about great albums from 1987, is the first episode I've listened to. By the way, like Steve, Oingo Boingo is one of my favorite 80s bands, with the talking heads close behind. Anyway, I just wanted to drop a line and say hi. Jeremy and St. Pete. So... Back in 2008, I guess it was, it might have been 2007, um, I got an email out of the blue from some TV producer um, <laughs> saying, you know, I work for Penn & Teller's bullshit. I think it was on Showtime. Showtime. And, um, you know, they're doing a show about people who are obsessed with certain areas, you know, of the past. And we want to do a show on you. And um, and I was like, you know, look. The good old days. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh, cause you know, you're obsessed with the eighties and all that. And I'm like, yeah, I said, you know, I just, here's this, here's the thing though. I like, don't come down here and think that I'm going to like do something I don't normally do or say something I wouldn't normally say just for the sake of your show. It's like, I'm a journalist and right. that would be unethical to me. Right. If you want to come down here, you know, document it or whatever, you know, like I'm open to like. You know, like maybe I will set out an extra Rubik's cube, but yeah. I'm not. You know, yeah, I'm like I. I can it's, t- it's funny you would say that. That reminds me of um, I'm a. And this will surprise you. I'm a big fan of J.R.R. Tolkien, and uh, I was reading one of his um, one of the many books about him, and they were, he was talking about a, a writer from Time wanted to come over and do an interview with him, and he's like, and I'm going to bring a photographer. We'd love to take some pictures of you working in your studio, and he's like, why on earth? would I allow you to sit in my studio and take pictures of me while I'm working? I'm working. I don't want to be bothered by people snapping in my face. Like that would be so completely false. I will not allow it. Yeah. It was not entirely unlike that for me. Yeah. So, and I told him, I said, look, my wife wants no part of this. Um, cause she, at that point, I was, that was my, I was married for the second time at that point, And she made it very clear to me that she did not want to be mentioned on the show or referenced on the show or anything. Right. And, um, which surprised a lot of people because everyone thought I was single back then because I just I never mentioned you a wife. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't do it. And um, and I said, "There's nothing about my house that's stuck in the '80s. It's like there's nothing about my office that's stuck in the '80s." I said, "It's all you know." It's so just who I am, man. They came down for a couple of days. It wasn't Penn and Teller. It was you know he brings his producers come down and do all the stuff. 
Right. So right. Um, and they like host they host the clips from the studio yes, basically. Exactly. If you remember the show. And I think you guys tried to record a show, like record a podcast that you were going to then use. Because I was actually, I called, it was a call-in. I was on it, and I had to sign a release, too. And I got this thing, like, should I sign this? Uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah. of course. It they ended up not using it. They didn't use the footage. Uh, or maybe they used a little bit of the footage, but we weren't able to use the podcast because the audio was so corrupted. Yeah. Through the process of... You know, trying to make it work for the video, we we weren't able to get a yeah. clean copy ourselves, and so we weren't able to use it, and it was kind of sad. But um, but it, it did appear. It was you know, I guess you can find it on. Um, I remember watching it. I don't really remember much about it, but I do remember watching yeah. it. Yeah, they, I mean, they were they weren't unduly harsh no, on you, just a little. <laughs> they got me to tell the whole mopey uh, spando ballet story about the girl yeah. that stood outside her front door for two hours and didn't kiss her. I mean, yeah. They got me to retell that story and and made me look like I was about to cry, which I will neither confirm nor deny that was a possibility. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, I think if you go on uh, even on YouTube, maybe you'll be able to find it. If I can find it um, uh, when we put the show, if online, we can find it, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll put it up in the little the little extras post on our stuck in the eighties right. on sit80s.com. So, but anyway, Jeremy, thank you for writing and welcome to the show. I'm glad you still remember us after all those years. And it really yeah, nice to, nice to know we're getting some new listeners. That's awesome. Ago. Wow. Uh, the Damn. next letter is from Greg in Ohio. Greg writes, hello, Steve, Brad and Jen with one N. I just finished listening to episode 397, the show about great albums from 1987. There's a lot of 87s and 97s in this. It's hard. It's hard reading. I'd like to say that 1987 was one of the most important years of my life. I graduated, got married, landed my first job, the works. Man, that's a lot of pressure on that page of the calendar. Okay, he continues. But for me, the music of that year was all about the Smiths. I'd barely noticed them before, and I didn't follow any of them very far after the band split. But for 1987, the year started with the U.S. compilation Louder Than Bombs and my favorite song by the Smiths, Half a Person. And it ended with their last true studio album, Strange Ways, Here We Come. I still think of the song, Paint a Vulgar Picture, Every Time a Celebrity Dies and Someone Cashes In on It. Otherwise, 1987 was a year for things I'd only really embrace later. That's why I'm stuck in the 80s. Signed, Greg in Ohio. Okay, Greg, what are you embracing later? What, what are you leaving out there? You're, kind of, you're, you're leaving us hanging there, Greg. Yeah, Write part two bit. to us and let us know what you're embracing now that you didn't embrace well, later. I think, I, think what he's uh, saying, I think what he's saying is that, um, you know, uh, he, didn't his first job wasn't something he embraced. He didn't truly appreciate um, some of the moments of those years until later. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's I, probably the most possible, the most um, plausible. Yeah. Explanation. But if we're wrong, Greg, please tell us. Yeah, if we're right, tell us. Heck, <laughs> everyone likes to be told they're right. Or if you've stopped listening altogether, that's okay too. We understand. Yeah. Third letter from Christian in Duluth. Christian writes. For 30th anniversary albums of 1987, one of the most influential on me was Midnight Oil's Diesel and Dust. The single Beds Are Burning had a huge impact on my 18-year-old brain, and I credit it with stirring my first conscious awareness of social and legal injustice. Sure, I knew that American Indians got a bad deal from the government and African-Americans didn't do much better, but I hadn't ever really thought about it. When Beds Are Burning was released, I saw prejudice in a whole new light. I began to understand that not only can human beings just be total dicks to each other, but also that whole government institutions can create prejudice and codify that into law. I won't ramble on, but suffice to say that my world became a little more cynical after that album came out. 
but I think it was a good thing it did. It stirred me to stand up for prejudice when I see it and to not tolerate the human tendency to oppress and fear that and those who are different. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. Take care. Christian in Duluth. Oh, my God. I, I hear that. Um, I think I was just reading that, that uh, Midnight Oil were reforming and doing some tours, some reunion tours. Yeah, I think, I think Featherston saw them the other night if Facebook is any indicator. Yeah. Love to hear some reviews. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought about picking this album, but it wasn't. I mean, it was one that I was aware of, and I kind of knew a little bit. But I just didn't. I, I felt well, a little false choosing it because I was not a huge fan. Right. Well, the same with the Smiths albums. I <clears throat> I like the Smiths now, but I didn't then, and so I, I think I'd just be kind of a jerk to to pick that album now and try to claim that I was cool enough to like the Smiths back in 1987. So you're such a poser, Spearsy. <laughs> such a poser. <laughs> Anyway, we love your we love your letters. Uh, send them to us at podcast at sit80s.com. Ah, the mysterious and uh, bewildering theme song that represents our brand new segi. I want my mystery TV theme song, which rolls off the tongue like ketchup and ice cream. (laughs) Like rusty nails and broken glass. We're sticking with it because it's got some momentum. People seem to like it. Run what you brung. Yeah. And I'm going to have to start making them easier. Or not. And I'm going to have to start making them not easier. What are you going to play the whole thing? This is why, yeah, I mean, we need to start making them harder because everyone's getting them. For instance, pay attention. Here was the mystery TV theme song from the last time we did this. Yes, that's Night Court. You know, there were some people who thought this was the theme song to Barney Miller. I did see that. I did I not call them out on it. I don't think... Did Barney Miller go into the 80s? If it did, it just barely got into the 80s. Mm, maybe. I'm not sure. And it was when you, when you chose this, I will say that what I immediately thought of is the guy that was dressed as Bull on the cruise. <laughs> yeah. He, he crushed it. Crushed I mean, it. he crushed it. Yes. The best, I mean, to best surprise costume. Well, no, gosh. The costumes are really epic this time. I mean, really, yeah. really, really epic. I mean, people. There were some really strong. For yeah, there were some pull, really strong costumes from Nightcore. Yeah. yeah, hard to beat. Uh, yeah. Anyway, you're gonna you're gonna need a couple uh, lungfuls of air to get through the list of winners. Yeah, let's see what we can do here. This week's winners include Canuck and Cali, Greg in Ohio, Gabriel Daigle, Tana, Minnesota, Alejandro Sticks, Cardoso Solis from Tijuana, Mexico, Mike Electric Boogaloo, Meehan, Ton in Tulsa, Mike in Chicago, Dangerous Dan in Los Angeles, Victoria and Big Bear, Alex Peter, Jeremy in Asheville, Home Tonight Court Star, Harry Anderson, Paul Lopresti, Brandy Farrow, Lynn Greer, Ryan the Pirate, DJ and Clinton, Brock in North Dakota, Nurse Marie, Scott in New Hampshire, Rick in Kenosha, Tip from Toadsuck. Oh, I thought I was going to make it. Jay Wash in Beaver Creek, Chris B. Critter, Tom at the Chopper in Austria, and Dave Augie August. Uh, let's spin the wheel and find out who gets some swag. <laughs> I love that. That's better than the actual special effect of the wheel. 
Uh, it's going to land on um, oh, Mike in Chicago. You are this week's lucky winner. Sweet. So uh, send us your snail mail via email. And let us know if you want um, a bottle opener or an 80s cruise trucker's hat. Those are the current uh, items. Items in play. Yes, exactly. I don't know why my brain's not working any better than it is today, but that's just the way things go sometimes. Uh, here we go. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery TV theme song. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a winner. Wiener. We'll be right back after this commercial break. We're lost. My fault, but you... No! Neither! Food? Yes, crunchy food. C-3PO's. New Kellogg C-3PO's. Twin rings phased together for a crunchy new force at breakfast. Yeah, the force is with us. A delicious part of this nutritious breakfast. Okay! Well, of course, how much? Yeah! Oh, my. C-3PO's, a new force at breakfast. And we're back, and we have a few minutes left. Uh, I thought we'd play the little game we'd like to call, What's Your 80s Obsession? So, Steve, what's your 80s obsession this week? Oh, okay. Um, th- I, we've talked about this movie before in the podcast. I know this for a fact. I'm, um, it's a movie Is called- Elizabethtown? No, it's not. <laughs> um, it's uh, Everybody Wants Some, and I think it came out last year. It just got to Netflix okay. this, this month. And so last week, I, I, and I, I've been wanting to watch it. It's based in 1980, I believe. Okay, It's a story of – it's kind of basically like Dazed and Confused, but the college edition of it. Oh, oh yeah. This is the Linklater movie, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, – <laughs> So it's it's on one night. I'm sitting here. I may or may not have had a glass of wild turkey in my hands, and I'm like, yeah, this feels like a good night for an '80s you know movie I haven't seen before. So it's sure. a movie about the '80s, not an '80s movie. And so I start watching it, and it's the first 20 minutes or so are glorious, glorious, oh, yeah? because it's all like it's the fashion of 1980, like establishing the yeah, yeah. establishing the background. It's all the music from 1980. It's the it's the fashion. Everyone has a glorious mustache like I used to have back in the 80s. Um, everyone yeah, has baby. feathered hair that's like f- parted in the middle. Everyone's got like the half-seas uh, football jerseys on. A sh- you know, you still had jean shorts. Um, Ooh, the j- and they weren't called jorts yet. They were just yeah, regular old shorts. You cut off jeans. You, you, Cut-offs, you, yeah. Cut-offs. Yeah, you, you, you got holes in your jeans. You cut the legs off and pa-ba, you have shorts. So, it's summer and you're good to go. Yeah, it was going down to the swimming hole with your friends. And so I watched, I watched like twenty or twenty five minutes of it, and I'm really enjoying it. But then I'm starting to notice that it's just like I'm starting to have no empathy whatsoever for any of the characters. Uh, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, that guy's a jerk. I'm disengaging from the plot altogether, and I, I just, I just, I lose. And this is the next two nights. I tried to to pick it back up again and watch it again, or mm-hmm. start where I left off. Couldn't do it. Yeah. I just I hit the wow. wall, so hmm. I have no idea what and happens. And yet, and yet, you're, you're so so. You're saying you couldn't recommend this unless oh, I'm filled sure. with self-loathing. Well, I mean, I have a weird thing about movies. Like I, 
certain things have to happen for me to, to stick with them. And even yeah. as soon as I feel like the the it's the plot is too telegraphed, I, I tend to bail on you it. You just punch so, out. Yeah. Um, I've never seen Dazed and Confused start to finish. So. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. But it's but funny. It's Somebody mentioned. Sorry. Go ahead. But it's interesting. It's it's on Netflix. It is very very much the perfect time capsule of the very early eighties, the birth of the eighties. Yeah. And so that's what's interesting about it to me. Somebody mentioned. I don't remember if it was. And on the show or in a letter, someone mentioned the movie Ping Pong Summer, which is also set in the 80s, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and yeah. I, it was came out a couple years ago, and I, I was meant to watch that. And I wonder if that's out. I wonder if that's available anywhere streaming. I've been meaning to look for that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I remember hearing about it. I think I even wrote about it. But um, yeah. I feel bad for everybody wants some. I really wanted to like it more. Maybe I just was watching. Yeah. You know, sometimes you watch things at the wrong time you know, of the day. Yeah. So anyway. So, Brad, what's your 80s obsession? So this is, you know, this is a little weird, but what else is new? Uh, so last week, not to bring the room down, but last week I went to a memorial service for a, a guy that was, a, you know, one of my parents' friends who's a friend of the family, but he was also, um, he and my dad both were orchestra conductors and they were the, you know, he was the conductor of this youth orchestra I've mentioned that I was in. And so the memorial involved a concert, uh, you know, what a surprise. Uh, and just being there and being, you know, with some of the people that knew him in that same role kind of made me think about, you know, how like when you're in high school, you, there's maybe one or two things that you do that like it's kind of part of who you are. And I just kind of remembered, you know, man, orchestra was a big chunk of my life back then. Like I was, you know, I played in any number of groups eh, probably through halfway through my college you know, years when, cause I played in my dad's orchestras and then when they moved back to Oklahoma, I stopped, but it just is, it kind of made me think like, what is it? First, it made me think about me and how that was such an important part of my life. And now it just isn't like, <laughs> it's just gone. Right. But that all of a sudden made me think about my kids who are both about to go off to college. Like, what is it that they're, that's so core to their lives now that they're going to set aside? You yeah. know? It's just I don't know. This is like total navel gazing, and I I appreciate that. But and thank you for listening, people, Eighties Nation. But it's just yeah. it's kind of weird when you think about like what is that thing that was really kind of defining for you as a person in in the eighties or when you're in high school or whatever. And now it's just not even on your radar. It's um, God, what would that be for me? Uh, I don't know. Here's what's interesting. There's a parallel here. I, a friend of mine was asking me the other day. Um, she said she was sitting around with her friends and, um, they were all talking to each other, all, all female friends. They're all talking to her. Like, mm-hmm. What's, what's, what was your thing in life? What was your big thing in life? What was your big achievement? Like if someone po- asked you, pointed up, to, came up to you and said, Hey, you know, what are you about? What, what yeah. do you, what's, the, what's the proudest thing you've ever done? What's your yeah. biggest achievement per se? And, and a lot of them said, Oh, you know, I, I produced these two fantastic kids. You know, they're great people. They're going to go on and do great things. Stuff like that, and um, yeah, she's like, if if someone asked you that question, would would you say it's stuck in the eighties? And I was like, God, I guess I, I guess I would. <laughs> I mean, I've done this longer than I've done pretty much anything else in my life, other than like breathe. Yeah, and um, yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's something you self-identify with. You know, I mean, if someone asks you to sum yourself up in three things when you're in high school, like I was one of the smart kids, and I was in band. Yeah, I so. Yeah, I, I like to think I'm still one of the smart kids. Maybe I'm just a smart ass. <laughs> yeah. But band? I'm definitely not in band anymore. So, yeah, interesting. 
That's some navel gazing, but uh, that's what some of the fun of Stuck in the 80s is all about. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for bearing with me on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so that's all we got for this week. Uh, tune in next week. We will start an epic two part episode featuring an interview with Berlin's Terry Nunn. Oh, I kid you not. So good. The interview lasted so long, we broke it into two episodes, and that'll be next week, the next two shows. Terry Nunn. She'll talk about the 80s cruise. She'll talk about um, the first autograph she ever got. She talks about uh, the Us Festival. She, I mean, it just, her and I go all over the place. So that'll be next Sunday. In the meantime, uh, myself and Brad, along with a million band nerds, we're all here, <laughs> hopelessly stuck in the 80s. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. I'm a nerd, too. I just found that out tonight. We have news for the beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our view. Stuck in the 80s is a class of 85 productions. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And remember, this is only an exhibition, not a competition. Please, no wagering. Because we are the champions.